welcome welcome to shake the room welcome to the club welcome to the house it's your girl coach t we're back and we're gonna do an experiment today we're gonna play a game today i saw my cousin in here a second ago but he bounced out real quick but we are back and this evening we are chopping up on <laughs> spectators versus the creators so i'm just gonna ask an open question we're gonna play a game and it would be amazing if you're in the space to participate but also if you're not then just take it in for what it is but it's a wednesday evening so on a wednesday we decide to win like period <laughs> no excuses that's what we're in the room for so i'm gonna ask a simple question and it is this at this present moment in your life would you say that you are a spectator of your own life or a creator of your own life if you are a creator in your life right now i would like you to look at your phone screen and the second icon in is a hand please raise your hand so i can invite you to the stage this is an experiment by the way so if you are a creator if you say i am the creator in my life right now then i want you to raise your hand you got 10 seconds one two three four five six seven eight nine ten <laughs> one person stood in there right in the last 10 at the 11th hour according to my dad so at this present moment we have got four five six seven eight nine ten eleven people in the room and i asked a simple question are you a creator? I'm just going to mute you, sure. Are you a creator in your life or a spectator in your life? And we got four people up out of the 11. It's now gone down to 10. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10. 10, 11. Cool. And without me actually saying any more, I just would love those people on the stage. First of all, thank you so much for participating. Um, and I would like to just ask you how you think that you are a creator in a, your life right now or what you're doing to be the creator in your life right now miss cc you're up first grand evening welcome to the stage i'm you girl grand evening everybody um for me i have awareness and understanding that my thoughts are creating my reality that anything that i can see in my mind's eye i can create therefore i believe that i am a creator of my life so would you say you're currently using that to create the life that you want 100%. Or? okay great thank you so much miss dixie grand evening welcome to the stage tell us how are you the creator in your life i don't know if i like this game <laughs> I'm now starting to create it. I'm now starting to believe it. So 
it's probably I'm now saying that I am a creator because I've been a spectator for so long. Love that. Thank you so much. Shaw, welcome to the room, boo. It's been a minute since we've seen you. I know, I'm sorry, girl. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm well. I am well. Glory to God, I'm good. Thank you. I love that. I love it. So tell us, how are you being the creator in your life right now? I think, therefore, I am. I do. Period. (laughs) What I want to do, like what my heart desires. I do what I am instructed to do in terms of my purpose and my maker. I, similar to you, Dixie, was a spectator for for a portion of the time, I must admit, but um, kind of lost myself a little bit. But um, in recognising that, I am back to creating and making things happen for myself, not waiting on anybody, Um, just making it happen. Love that. Thank you, girl. Thank you. Miss Sabrina, how, hey, Queen, how are you? Hey, um, hey, I'm doing okay, you know. <laughs> but, um, you sound tired. Are you tired today? I'm, I'm very, very tired. I'm just, uh, I've got a lot going on at the moment. It's like a lot of things that I'm dealing with. And that's the reason why I believe I'm the creator of my own life. Because everything that I put in my mind, do I end up doing it so I can write down something and say I'm going to achieve this and I'm going to do this by this set day and then I follow with action and then it comes to life so that's why I believe I'm a strong creator in my life although there's times where I'm a spectator too and I know there's things that I need to work on but I'll get there eventually, you know, but I just believe you've got to have that mindset where you have to remain positive and believe that, you know, you can, if you are a strong believer in manifestation and you, your words as well are very powerful. So that can help you also to manifest ways and to become a creator of your own life. I love that. So thank you so much. I'm just going to quickly reset the room. So we started only a couple of minutes ago, but we started strong. Today we're playing a game all session. And the first part of the game that we decided to play was I have just asked the room, would you say that you are a spectator in your life or a creator in your life? Wait, hold up. And at the minute that I asked it, I gave the room 10 seconds to answer. If they thought that they was a creator, they came up to the stage. And if they chose to be a spectator, they sat down in the audience. Now, if you look at the room, at that point, there was like 10 of us in here, 11 of us. So just about 50% were on the stage as creators and 50% were in the audience as spectators. Guess what, guys? I actually think that's a fair ratio of life. I actually think it's a high ratio of life. I personally think that many people are not aware that they are the creators of their life. And so my next question in the game is, if you have had a moment where you feel that there was a specific moment in your life where you kind of recognized the power that you have to create your life, if you're not on the stage right now, you have got 
five seconds to press that second icon and make your way to the stage. Going once, going twice, going three times, four times, five times. Ooh, nobody came up. So people who are on the stage, have you had a moment in your life where it was you can have like a significant turning point or a significant point where you was like, what? Nah, I've got more power than I think that I have. Like I can change this circumstance or I have the awareness to create something different. Anybody on the stage have one of those moments? Maybe you might have had a few. Can you share one with us? Relationship. <laughs> what are you doing, babe? Do you realize how lit you are? Like, do you realize that So what were the steps from you waking up and taking your power back to actually making a difference? What was your process like? so much for like being so hot we do have a rule in this clubhouse room you like I have it in anything that I do and it's to be hot which is honest open and transparent and um 
sometimes the reason why I really hold on to that is a plug that I took from Michael Todd, but his is humble, open and transparent, I believe. Ours is honest, open and transparent, because if you've been in these rooms, y'all know I don't play with humble. I don't I've done some research on where that word came from. And what we ain't going to do in 2021 is be humble, child. Like so much great stuff is happening. And I believe personally that God needs a witness. I believe that the universe wants people to be so crazy about the greatness that's happening that you don't play it down. You're not small about it. So no, we're not going to be humble. We're going to scream it from the mountaintops and we're going to share and share and share and share until everybody else runs in and catches their blessings because the energy that you bring is going to be so lit. Like that's the vibe that I'm on. And so just to hear Shah's story, like I know her, I happened to, my spirit was just like, let me just holler at her. Let me see what I want. Let me check she's good. And yeah, um, through some of the circumstances that she's talking through, you can be around people and never know what they're going through. I say this all the time. You can see people and they can give you face value stuff. And it's not that they don't want to share. It's not that they're hiding things. It's just that people are going through a process. People are going through a season. People are going through things and you're just dealing with it. And there was something that Shah just said when she said, um, I've got children to get up for I had things to achieve I had um like I'm lit like I had to remind myself that I'm lit I had fallen off the path of like praying practicing certain things doing things that keep you aligned and centered and on the right path and for me I love that so much because I personally believe that's the difference between the people that are the creators and the people that are the spectators. The creators, like, they're in the game. They're in the game of knowing, yo, I am created with purpose, period. Whether you know it or not, whether you're fully aware of why you're getting up every single day and what you're constantly working towards, you know, like, you know, like, you know, there's something for you to do. There's something for you to give. There's something for you to learn. There's a place for you to serve. You know all of those things. And so you wake up on purpose. You move intentionally. You do things on purpose. And sometimes life happens. For some of us, it feels like life is always happening. It feels like every time you get up, you get down. Every time you get a breakthrough, it chucked me out of the own room. Every time you get a breakthrough, um, you feel broken. And sometimes it feels like there's a lot of chaos going on before you can get a breath before you can just catch your breath, it can feel like there's a lot of chaos. And so one thing, the reason why I asked her about her process is sometimes we try so hard to avoid the chaos. We try so hard to think a positive. We try so hard to be better. We try so hard to feel better that we skip the whole lesson that's in the chaos. And ironically enough, embracing the chaos may be the exact path for you to find peace.
when we find ourselves in some circumstances, and I don't know about y'all, but I too, I was in a, um, I was in a workplace and at this workplace, as much as I knew why I was there, there was certain days where I just simply felt like I was in a daze. I legit felt like I had no control over what was happening, but I was going because I was trying to figure it out. I was going because I was trying to work out why I was there. I was going to feel like, why am I here? But I feel so disconnected. What is this? As much as I woke up one day in a relationship where I was like, ah, now how the hell did I get here? <laughs> how did this film work out? Now, bro, how did I attract and accept this? What? And guess what? I didn't run out of neither of those situations. I sat there. I figured it out. Because sometimes we try to run out of the very thing that's going to be the final thing. But if we get the lesson, then boom, the camel's back is broken. Boom. But if we run straight away, we'll run into the same lesson again. And so how do you know when to sit, when to move? How do you know? Is there anybody in the room that has had a moment in time where it has felt like you're spectating? It has felt like your life is just happening. It has felt like you don't have no control. You might have awareness, but you've got no control over the circumstance or situation. And you want so bad to create something different, but you just couldn't. Maybe you're there right now. Is there anybody in the room that can relate, that can speak, that can say, yeah, that's happened to me? Or yeah, I'm there right now. Um, I can speak more. Go ahead, girl. Um, so I was in a situation, quite like Shah, um, I was going through a domestic abusive relationship and it was for a period of five years. And I just generally thought that I could never get out of this situation. Like, I was so, like, consumed into this relationship that I didn't feel there was any way out. And within that time, I just felt like I was a spectator because I was just kind of living under someone else's terms and rules. So it was whatever my partner said would go. So it's like, I, I tried to achieve things within the time, but if they was not happy with that, then I wasn't doing it. So I just reached to a point where I was just like, I just kind of gave up and just didn't really do anything. Even after the time when I left the relationship, there was like a really long period where it was like I was still a spectator in my life. And the only way that I could kind of deal with it was kind of like by drinking, mm. you know, and then I kind of just woke up one day and was just like, I can't continue living like this. I can't continue have people tell me what to do with my own life. Even like certain family members would also tell me what I should do and what I shouldn't do. 
So, yeah, I'm just at that stage now where it's like, whatever I want to do, I will do it. I don't want anybody to tell me if it's right or wrong. I will find out on the way if it's the right thing to do, you know, so... I love that. And can I ask, if you don't mind, did you have children with that person or children at the time that you was in that situation? Yeah, so I, at the beginning I didn't, but um, during that time I did have children with them. And did that, um, do you feel like that um, had an influence or an impact on, the, on how much you was willing to take or how long you was willing to stay? children to have you know that mum and dad family unit so I kind of just put up with anything at the time but realizing looking back now it was kind of I'm kind of happy that I'm not in that situation because they probably would be a lot worse if I kind of stayed in that situation because yeah he really wasn't a good influence so I think it did have an impact so I love that. But you found the strength to get out and you're good now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. And, you know, it's kind of molded me to be the person that I am today, that creator, as we would say. Whereas now I would never take that shit again. And sorry for my language, guys. So I would shake the room. You could say whatever you want to say. <laughs> I love that and what I love is that you shared from a very vulnerable place where you quit you gave up you didn't leave you were just stuck in it you were just there and I sometimes think this conversation is so important because we can look at a woman and think yo that that girl is so strong how did she end up in that situation or how did she take that and For me personally, based on certain situations that I've been in, that pain was more painful. The expectation pain of you should have known better, according to Stormzy. Um, You should have chose better, you know, that kind of way. That pain of the expectation of myself, of myself, was greater than the pain of the circumstance. The pain, go on, go Shaw. You know, that touched my soul when you said it because that's something I said to you at the time, like I questioned myself, like what the fuck was wrong with me? Kind of thing, like why was I thinking this way? Why was I accepting rubbish? Yeah, one minute, son. Um, in my freezer, for example, but, um, I've come to realise now that um, um, I've come to realise now that that's a vital part of the journey number one the growth mentality like I had to I think I got complacent as well in terms of the, the person that I thought I was and the strength that I thought I have had and that I could rely on that um, it taught me that I couldn't 
I still needed to grow and elevate. Like I couldn't be stagnant. There's there's always something you can learn from a situation. Um, and I'm still learning. Like there's there's still lots more to learn about the situation, but it's actually as a growth opportunity now. I'm not dwelling on the fact that I made a mistake or I chose the wrong person all of these things. Um, it just reflects where I was at that time and where I need to be. I still need to grow. I, I still need to learn more about myself and I can't be complacent. I love it. I love it. And I'll tell y'all why I love it. Because again, touched on key points, the complacency. The fact that if I'm single, let me just tell you about me when I'm single. A sis will be on her knees. A sis will be so focused on what I got to do to make sure that I level up, what I got to do business-wise, what I got to do personally. I hell, I will even be praying and thinking and working on the man that's coming to me. I will be in my bag, focused, consistent, committed, bomb. And then God sends me everything I ask for that nice, nice man. You feel me? <laughs> In the gold paper, <laughs> all shiny. And I forget sometimes about all of the things that it took me to get there. So I fall off. And I lean on my own understanding. And I lean on my own structure. And then the minute something goes wrong, who am I balling to? Who am I calling on? Where am I running to? And this is what happens again and again and again and again when people learn to manifest things. Getting your first meal isn't hard, believe it or not. It's not hard. Getting your first 10 bags is not hard. Getting the man of your dreams, babes, it's not hard. Getting the woman that you've been asking for, none of that stuff's hard. Can you keep it? That's the question. Can you maintain it? Can you keep creating when you get everything that you want? And here's what I feel the difference is. Spectators try to figure out everything themselves. Spectators try to have all of the control. And I tell you something for free, it gets you nowhere. It gets you nowhere. But a creator stays tuned in, tapped in, turned on, connected, so abundantly connected to their self, so abundantly connected to the creator, so abundantly connected to all that is that guess what? It don't matter what's coming at you. It don't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what is happening in life. Why? Because you're able to create something out of it anyways, period. I'm looking at the room and right now for the first time in a long time, there's only women in this room. I don't believe it's a mistake. Women, especially over time, and I'm gonna speak straight up and direct, black women have forgotten the power that we have to create. And we've leaned more and more and more into our masculine energy over time. 
we've leaned more and more and more into doing this. We've leaned more into go get in. We've leaned more into having to be strong. Here come the men. Why? Because when our situations shift and change or we find ourselves in a situation that we didn't, here's the word, expect ourselves to be in, we get disappointed. And that disappointment, hear it, allows us to be influenced not only by our own expectations, but by the opinions of others. And we build a platform in that pit. And whether that platform looks like, I can't make the right decision now because I'm gonna fail for my children. I can't do it because my parents are gonna believe that I'm a failure. I can't do it because my friends are gonna laugh at me. I can't speak to nobody about it because they're gonna say this. I can't speak to nobody about it because they're gonna think that. I can't do this because of that. So we live in this strong suit which I like to call coping. We cope. We don't give ourselves permission to thrive. We're barely surviving, but we cope. And for most of you, you've attached yourself to this word called striving. So I tell you what striving looks like to me. It looks like a ladder. And you take one step up and you fall back down three times. And you take another step up and you fall back down six times. And you take one more step and you fall back down eight times. That's how strive feels to me. It feels hard. And it feels like, you notice people who say, I'm striving. They never arrive. They're always striving. I'm striving to do better. I'm striving to get out of the situation. I'm striving to study. I'm striving to read. They never arrive. And this is why our words are so powerful. And our words are not so powerful only because they come out of our mouth and create and form. They're actually so powerful because it actually, if you was to listen, like actually listen to the words that you use, you would hear how you think. It's a telltale sign. So I just became a good listener. So much so that I don't even hear words anymore. I just hear frequencies. I just hear energies. I don't hear words. You could even try and pretty up the words because now you've learned the words are powerful. And I'll still hear that you're talking bullshit because it's a frequency. It's an energy. And many people are actually professional actors. So they would love to be the creator of their life, but they act as if they're the creators, but they're technically spectating their life because they try to control the wrong things. And so we've had two women share like, yo, we've both been in domestic violent relationships. And we've both thought, what the hell? How me? How did I get here? And we've both been through a season where we've spectated, whether that's a year, five years, three years, six months. It's almost like you have an out-of-body experience and you're just watching your life. And then one day you wake up. You wake up. 
earlier on, I loved it when Shah said it was one moment of positive thinking compared to a load of moments of negative thinking that really gave her the momentum to get out of that situation. And to be honest, that's what it takes for you to cross the fence from spectating to creating. One moment of believing that you have the power to create something different. One moment of thinking you've got the power to create a different outcome. That's all it takes. So those of you that have just entered the room, we're actually playing a game today. I asked a question at the beginning of the room and I said, without saying anything, at this current state where you currently are in your current life, would you say that you are a spectator or a creator? And I said, if you believe that you're a creator, then look at your phone and the second icon down in the bottom of the screen, I want you to hit it. I'm about to ask the same question again. If you believe at this very moment in your life that you are currently a creator in your life, you are not a spectator, I'm giving you 10 seconds to hit that button and it is gonna make you come to the stage. We're going one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh, so we currently got three, six, 17 people in the room. And of the 17 people in the room, we have got eight on the stage saying that they are currently the creators in their life and not the spectators. Okay, let's hear from them. Welcome to the stage, Miss Sandra. How are you? Grand evening. Grand evening. Hi, everyone. Um, I just think that um, what everyone has said has sort of resonated with me. And, it, and I remember when I was um, pregnant with my son, um, four months into the pregnancy, and I found out that his dad had cheated. And I was always one of those who said, oh, not me, as soon as I find out that you cheated, I'm out the door. But I didn't. I didn't go out of the door because, for me, I really didn't want to be a single parent again. I, and so I was stuck in it. But then, six and a half months into the pregnancy, I found out that he'd actually got another woman pregnant and she was going to have her baby three weeks after mine. So I left them then. I left him. I thought, you know what? I was raised one child on my own. I can definitely do it again with another one without being humiliated without, you know, sticking in a relationship just because I didn't want to be a single parent. And it was hard because living in Slough, apparently, it's that, that cliche. Everyone else knew and I was the last one to know. So... Girl, it happens to us all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did, I did um, leave and I made a life for myself, for me and my son. And I never, ever look back after that six and a half months when I left while I was pregnant. Love that. Because otherwise I would have, you know, I wouldn't be where I am now. He wouldn't be the amazing boy that he is now. And so I do believe I created 
I did create my life from then. I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. And I love that you initially stayed because you didn't want the embarrassment. You didn't want the humiliation. You didn't want the pain of thinking, I'm going to have to do something which I've done before again. And what's so crazy is that's the same principle that sometimes keeps us to be a spectator in our lives. It's because we've been in something once and we think we got through it. We think we've learned. We think we've grown. We think we've evolved. And what do you know? Boom, we're in the same situation again. And we're like, what? How did I get here again? And we beat ourselves up. And in beating ourselves up, we actually lose all trust. We lose trust within ourselves. We lose trust within life. We lose trust within others. We lose trust within our creator. Because we actually think, you know what? This should have worked out different. This shouldn't have went this way. This shouldn't happen like this. This isn't what I wanted. And it keeps us stuck. And we're human. And it's a human way of being. But what happens when we get hurt again? When we end up in the same situation again? When we're in the pit again? When we're on the floor again? And instead of losing trust, we go, what am I supposed to learn here? What am I supposed to learn here? What purpose can I serve here? What if we just shifted the questions that we ask? And in shifting the questions, it then shifts the emotion that we have attached to it. Because when we have certain conversations, right? A lot of people, we run to our friends when, oh, can you believe he cheated again? Shit, I found out I'm pregnant. Whatever it is, we run to our friends. And then before you know it, we're influenced by their opinion. We're influenced by their thoughts. We're influenced by what they think on the situation. And I'll tell y'all something that's worth a million dollars, but I'll give it to y'all for free. When you speak to the majority of people, listen to me, guys, they're not speaking from hearing you and where you're at. Guess what, babes? They're speaking from where they're at. They're speaking from how they would deal. They're speaking from how that would make them feel. But that might not be the advice that you need. And so before you know it, we're influenced by their opinions, their ideas, their thoughts, whatever. And again, we're straight out of being in alignment. We're straight out of being connected. Because now we're not only worried about what we actually think, we're now worried about what they think. We're now worried if we make the wrong decision, how that's going to make us look to them as well as everybody else. So if we just switch the question that we're willing to ask ourselves and we end up in the same situations and we go, wow, okay, what do I need to learn this time? What am I missing? What purpose can I serve here? And we pulled away the emotions of beating ourselves up, feeling bad, thinking I'm a mistake, thinking it's all wrong, thinking I'm never going to get out, thinking nobody loves me, thinking it's not going to work out, thinking God's forgotten about me. What happens if we start to adapt a different level of strong there? 
Because we all like to be prospectively strong. Like I got to be a strong woman. I got to be a strong man. And it's so egotistical. Yet actually, instead of being strong in that moment, maybe we need to be vulnerable. Maybe we need to give ourselves permission to actually be vulnerable. Because then we're not going to make decisions out of protection and building a wall that's going to keep the blessing from coming in. We'll then start to make a decision from a place of love. Go ahead, Shah. Can I, sorry, Captain, can I just say, um, after, after I did have my son, I actually found the girl who was going to have, who had uh, my son's sister three weeks later, and we both decided to bring the children up together because it wasn't their fault. You know, they weren't the ones that cheated. And up to today, we've brought, the, you know, we've brought them up together. They know each other. We help each other as sisters because we were both done the wrong at the end of the day. So I ended up with an extra family, if that makes any sense. And so Love that. that. I know, you know, I know that the thing is, I've got so much abuse and, you know, comments from everyone, like you said, trying to persuade me not to do it. But hell no, I thought it was the right thing for my boy at the end of the day. And I've never, ever regretted it. Love that. And the right decision for you. It was the right decision for you. So often we don't stand on the right decision for us because we're influenced by what the crowd's doing. Again, let me tell y'all this for free. If the crowd is going left, baby girl, baby boy, you can catch me all the way to the right. I'm not going where the crowd goes, bro. One of my mentors, when I started to get mentored, this is what she said to me. Tanya, I couldn't afford the mentor that I needed. I couldn't afford the mentor that I needed. So do you know what I would do? Whenever I needed to make like a big decision, I would ask like five, 10 people around me. And whatever answer those five to 10 people gave me, guess what, guys? I took the opposite decision. Why? Because when you're broken, broken, let me tell you what your circle is, guys. Broken, broken. Many of us can't elevate from spectating to being the creator in our lives because we're surrounded by spectators. Many of us cannot elevate from being the spectator in our lives to being the creator because we are surrounded by spectators. We are surrounded by the shoulda, woulda, couldas. We are surrounded by, oh, when this? We are surrounded by, yeah, maybe, or mm, possibly, or are you sure? We're not surrounded by the people that say, yo, you've got this, go ahead. And I'm not talking for myself in that moment because I'm actually surrounded by people that will elevate me. But that, ha that was a conscious decision. That was a conscious decision. That was a decision of me saying to the people I loved the most, like, you know what? I love you enough to let you go. Because in letting them go, guess what? I allowed myself to grow. Some of us are happy to have the same friends that we had since nursery. It's beautiful. It's amazing. I think we should have long, fruitful relationships. 
But if you're in the same circles that you was in since nursery and then secondary school and now grown people and ain't none of you guys like really evolving, really elevating, then I'm sorry, you're in the wrong circle. Like we should be comfortable being the dumbest person in the room. Go ahead, Shaw. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to affirm something you said about uh, growth as well, because what I realised um, when I looked back was evaluating, I realised that there was a point early on that I knew what was wrong for me and what was right for me, and I ignored it. <clears throat> I ignored it because of various things, including who's around me and all of that crap anyway but um, it, it kind of played hand in hand with growth being in the same situation again like a failed relationship type thing um, should have listened and sometimes you do question God you know why why am I here again why has this happened to me again but sometimes it's because you didn't pass the test like you didn't acknowledge the signs that he gave you so you made the mistake again even if you think that you, you did something different this time or you put the work in before there's something that you missed or there's something that you desire you desired so much um over his desire for your life that ultimately you, you make a mistake so that's that's something that that i learned as well as that sometimes Mr. Science, and the important thing is that we listen. I love that. And one thing I had in my notes to share, and I'm just going to add it. Haven't forgotten about those of you that come to the stage. We're coming to you now. And just to quickly reset the room, we're in here today speaking about, um, we're just chopping up about the difference between being a spectator and a creator in your life. And we're actually playing in a live game. So you can join in the game because I'm going to keep asking different questions and inviting different people to speak different people to come up. But the question that I've been asked in the room a couple of times now is, do you believe right here, right now in your personal life that you are a spectator or you are a creator? And if you believe that you are a creator in your life right now, I've asked you to look at your phone screen, go to the bottom of the screen, look at the second icon and hit it. Yes, it's gonna bring you to the stage, but you're a creator in your life. So I want to know what you're doing to create in your life because there's a lot of people in the room that are spectators and they're always going to be spectators because they never put themselves in a position to create. They don't fully understand that we're creating every time we speak. We are literally creating every time we speak, every time each and every single one of us opens our mouths, we are creating. That's why I talk so damn much because I'm crazy about what I want to create. And that's why I think about the words that I use and the language that I use, because I recognize how powerful our tongue is. And before, I'm very happy to be an observer as well. Like I like observing people. I do it for a living. I love it. I think it's amazing. But at the same time, I observe because I'm learning. And when I learn, it means I apply something. It means that I'm willing to not just take the information, but I'm willing to use the information. And so don't just be a spectator, just watching the game. At one point, you've got to come down in the field. You've got to play ball. You've got to go in the court. You've got to, you've got to hit some slam dunks. 
And it's only going to happen when you see yourself doing it. It's only going to happen when you put yourself in a position to be able to play. Because the truth of the matter is, we've all been positioned to play. Some of us don't have a strategy. And some of us are waiting on the strategy and hoping that it's delivered through the divine and it lands on your lap, bro. And it's been on your lap, but you still don't know how to work the strategy. So you're spectating with the whole plan on your lap, not even knowing it's there. When are you going to start to shake the room? When are you going to start to say, yo, I'm a creator because I'm doing boom, 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 boom. And as a result of boom, 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 I've done boom, boom, boom. That's how dope my God is. That's how abundant the universe is. That's how incredible I am, period. Yeah, that's the room that we feel on to get into. But anyways, grand evening. Welcome to the stage, Miss Dom. Tell us, actually, before you speak, I wanted to drop the point. And the point was, to go with what Shah just said, you can't blame the last things that went wrong if you're not willing to be thankful for all the things that went right out. You can't blame the last thing that went wrong if you are not willing to be thankful for all the things that went right. Who can relate to that? Anybody? Okay, cool. Well, keep it moving. Miss Dom, come through, Bill. Tell us, how are you the creator in your life? Dom, are you there? Okay. Sorry, I was getting petrol. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the chaos of getting petrol. Be safe now. <laughs> <laughs> based on what everyone else wanted me to do. Um, I thought of my family, my friends. I, I'm that friend who was calling for everyone's opinion when anything happened. My ex cheated on me. I'm calling my friend. I'm calling my sister. I'm calling everyone. What do you think I should do? And I was like, oh, because they said I should do this, I think I should. Oh, because they said I should do that, I should think I should. Then I start getting stubborn and then being like, well, everyone's saying that what I should do with my life. But it's because I didn't want to actually face the responsibility of my own actions. I didn't want to have to have that responsibility. I wanted to have the ability to blame someone else. So what? I lived life like that. Um, and then life, life, life carried on happening. And I had to, there was a point in life where I couldn't call anyone because I was in a situation which I didn't think I could actually, I thought everyone would be too judgmental. And I had to deal with the situation myself. So after that, I realised that actually when you take... The problem I had was aspects of taking responsibility for myself and my actions. And so I was like, I'm going to live life to the best I can and do things. It's going to upset people. Not everyone's going to be happy. And I can't be a people pleaser. As long as I know I'm happy, to make everyone else happy. And so I created my life the way I want to live it. And yeah, like my mum, she sits there and says, you're not going to get married. No, I don't have an intention to right now. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not going to live life based on the norms or values that I was brought up with. I respect them, but they may not just be for me. Can I say, why does she think you're not going to get married because you're so crazy? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, think, I don't think I'm not going to get married. I just, marriage is the very least 
most of my things in life would want, if you get what I mean. It's something I could desire, but it's something I'm sitting in life thinking, hmm, is it something I actually desire, or is it something I, I've been brought up to desire? And because that's a question, question, because I have to question it, it's not something on my list of wants and needs in life right now, or what I'm working towards. Oh, interesting. Can I just ask on that point, for all the people, because there's only women on the stage right now, if you're a woman on the stage right now and you believe you want to get married, can you flash a mic for me? Lovely, interesting. Thank you. I just think I'm going to do that another day. Yeah, I'm going to do that another day in another room. I think that's a beautiful discussion to have. I, I, Like I touched on earlier, I think women, this is just my opinion, women, and I want to say especially Black women, are leaning more and more into this independent woman thing. And I don't even think that we fully realise the things that are influencing that. And... It looks great and it feels great that we're reaching for our desires and we're running after our dreams and we're bossing up and we're getting to the bag and we're being a mom and we're doing all of these magnificent things. But I find it interesting that as much as we do all of that, many women are single. If you ask me personally, I think it's problematic. Personally, I think that being outside of a relationship and having your shit together is the biggest illusion of all time. Here's why. Relationships often act like mirrors. And we can have it all together when we ain't got that mirror. We can work it all out. And this isn't me saying that you need a man. I don't believe that either. But what I'm saying is when the divine feminine, like the feminine power within it in whole entire self connects with the masculine power in its whole entire self there's nothing like that connection there's nothing like that power and what it can create I think many of us are compromising so we're compromising and negotiating that power and that connection with our friends whether it be male or female we're balancing those energies but we're doing it with our friends because it's comfortable. When we have to address it face on in a relationship, we don't get to run from our shit, bro. We don't get to think we've got it together when we haven't. No, we don't get to do that because the mirror of a relationship, guess what, babes? It reveals everything. And so I'm just saying, I know God is bringing me a husband real soon. And you know why I know? Because I see a lot of women doing great things. They're powerful women doing great things. And I respect them. And I respect that grind. But I do not, I do not believe in raising a nation where we stand alone. I don't believe in it. I never have. I never will. The power of us coming together, unmatched, unmatched. And so I'm standing in it and I'm, and I'm standing in it. And I know that anything I stand in, he allows me to be an example in. So I'm dead ass excited, bro. Like whoever he is in better come good. Cause I'm a whole lot of women to handle. And bro, I know my masculine side as much as I know my feminine side. And I am not 
I am not bringing any of them down. So come up, let's rise to meet each other. You understand? The difference is a lot of us become less of ourselves when we go into that mirror. We shrink because the mirror reveals something that we don't want to see. The mirror reveals a part of us that we, <laughs> my dad has said he's going to vet him first. <laughs> he's going to vet him. And this is the thing. He ain't going through my parents, honey. He ain't going through my family because he'll never pass. They ain't going to let him come in. What? Me and my family, we got problems. Nobody's good enough for our family. It's an issue. <laughs> it's a problem. <laughs> so I'm going to vet him and pick him by myself. And I'll send out the invites to the wedding people just for the room, letting y'all know. Thank you so much, Dom, though. I love the point that you touched on where you said you was the person that would immediately run to friends and family and get opinions because I love what you said, because you didn't want to take the responsibility. And that's major in the difference between a spectator and a creator in an individual's life. The creator takes responsibility for their actions, whether good or bad, takes responsibility for their choices, takes responsibility for their thinking. Your spectators, bro, they're like, because my ex, because mummy, because daddy, because my friends, because the benefits, because the council, because of this, because of that, because life is always happening to them, bro. Life isn't happening for them. Life is happening to them. Because the white man, because of slavery, because of the black people, because of the thugs. That's a spectator. That's a spectator. Because of the job, because of my manager. No one cares, bro. With all due love and respect, nobody cares. Because the power that you have to change anything, the power that you have to recreate anything, the power that you have to make something out of nothing, that's who you really are. That's who we really are. Miss Bev, what's good, Queen? Welcome to the stage. How are you? I'm marvellous. Tell us, how have you been a creative in your life right now? Well, um, my points are pretty much um, similar to Dom's. Um, I believe for about from a year ago, I was actually definitely 1,000% a spectator. I did not make a move. Um, before I broke up with my ex three years ago or so, um, I did not make a move without. And that wasn't because he told me that I had to. I just didn't trust myself enough to make those kind of decisions because, I mean, who was I? I didn't make decisions. And um, I had um, a couple of friends who I would ask them what their opinion was, you know, because my intuition, my GPS um, was completely switched off, um, completely dampened down. I heard it, but I thought, nah, nah, it's coming from you, so it can't mean anything good. Do you know what I mean? So I just switched that off and always went by um, the advice of others. And um, I can't blame them for that. That was a choice that I made. Uh, I recognise it now uh, for what it was. And I now am definitely a, a, a spec, a, a, a creator. I'm definitely a creator in my life now. Um, 
and it's just about making the choice to accept the consequences regardless of what they are. Do you know what I mean? It's just a case of stepping forward. And it's scary. It is still scary. I'm, I'm still in my infancy. But um, it's just a new way of being. And I'm just, you know, if I, as you were saying, if I am down, instead of running now, I'm kind of like, okay, so what is it I'm supposed to do in this moment? Or I always think, ah, something's coming. You know what I mean? So I don't necessarily just run for the hills. I'm just kind of like, okay, strap up. Okay, we're going to do this. Put on your backpack. We're going. So, yeah, it's just a whole, it's like just a completely different mindset. Love that. And so for everybody on the stage, I want to just ask you all a question. And I love that shift, Bev, like the shift of it's a mindset shift that's got you from spectating to being a creator in your life. So for everybody on the stage who said like, look, right here, right now, I am a creator in a life. We're going to do this real quick game. I'm going to ask you a series of questions. Everybody's mic needs to be unmuted. If you can't play right now, then I ask you to just come down off the stage because it's going to be like boom, 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 boom. But I'm going to ask you a series of questions. But before you answer that question, I'm going to ask everybody. You have come to the stage and you're saying right here, right now, you feel that you are the creator within your life. That's why you're on the stage. The rest of the people in the room are representing the spectators in life. I personally believe it's a fair ratio. We've got eight people on stage. We've got double that almost in the audience. That's life. That's the circles that we're in. That's the people that we're around. That's the conversations we're having every single day. And we expect, and this word is coming up a lot in this conversation, but we expect when we're in a position to create, when we're in a position to recreate, when we're in a position to make something new or to twist and turn it so that it becomes different, we're talking to people that have got a completely different view. We're speaking to people that have got a completely different view. And then we're going off of their opinions, their perspectives. And we wonder why we feel so messed up when we make the decision or don't make the decision. We wonder why we feel so stuck. We wonder why we experience so much conflict but we're not doing the maths. I can guarantee without knowing everybody personally that the amount of people that you could go to who you're around pretty much 80, 90% of the time that you can personally go to with anything, anything, and they're going to stretch you. They're going to expand you. They're even gonna hold you accountable or give you like new vision. I can guarantee that it's only one or two people around each of you. People on the stage, am I wrong? Claudine, do you have more than two people around you right now that you can say can really hold you, expand you or stretch you? Um, Sabrina. I literally have one person and they're a lot older than me to be honest. Love that, Dixie. Mine's about two. Sure. 
Right now, do you have, like, when I'm talking about people you could go to, you spend the majority of your time with when you talk to, that can really stretch or expand you or, like, hold you, like, like literally pull you up? Is it more than two people? Yes, it is now. Amazing. Sandra? I have two. Dom? I have nine. Nine? Yeah. Bom. Miss Bev? Awesome. So this is a great ratio. There's maybe two people in the room of those on the stage, I'm not included in this, who have, say, above two people that they really think can stretch them, can expand them, can give them, like, vision, like, proper vision. So for us in our lives right now, if you think about those two people, whether you're on the stage or in the audience, you'll listen to this back later. Those two people. I want to know if one of them, you would absolutely, and when I say absolutely, I mean completely, no doubt at all, trust them with your wildest dreams with the wildest thing that you think you've been given, right? But you haven't got all the information about it yet. But you would trust them that if you told it to them, not only would they hold you accountable, but they would be able to add value to it. Cece, do you have that person? 110%. Sabrina, do you have that person? No, I don't believe so. Love that. Dixie, do you have that person? 110%. Shaw, do you have that person? Yes, I do. Sandra, do you have that person? Yes, I do. Dom, do you have that person? Yeah, I'm sticking to my night still. Bev, do you have that person? Definitely. Okay, so all of you, here's what I'm doing. I'm daring you guys to do this. Before 12 o'clock tonight, I want you to message them with as much anymore. information. Stop playing. Stop playing. Sorry, <laughs> Are you going to be a spectator in your life? Yeah, I'm going to DC and Bev, why are you stepping out the fire now? Come on, guys. Nah, you can't do that. It's not about that anymore. Season's changing. Come on. CC, Bev, why are you stepping out the fire? Because when I message my person, they're really going to put a boot up my bum and I don't want it. Yes, I'm here for it. Bev, why are you stepping out the fire? <laughs> Beverly and Pinock, why are you stepping out of the fire? <laughs> I don't want to play more. Why you don't want to play? Oh, my God. You feel your belly? Huh? You're feeling your belly move? Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I'm feeling the same, but you're holding the feeling, right? Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I think I'm good, you know, because the person isn't even available. Anyway, it's cool. It's all right, they're not even available. Right? You stay there. <laughs> Them is available. Before <laughs> before 12 o'clock tonight. And Sabrina, Sabrina, I'm gonna be that person for you. So you don't get let off of this, oh, by the way. Sabrina. You're not gonna get let off of this run, part of the game. Sabrina, run away. <laughs>
away, Sabrina. Sabrina, don't listen to them. <laughs> so before 12 o'clock tonight, I want you to message them one of your wildest, craziest, dopest dreams. It don't need to make no damn sense. It doesn't need to be in its entirety. You just need to drop the idea and say, yo, this is what I want you to hold me accountable to before 12 o'clock tonight. Cece, are you going to do it? Yeah. Sabrina, are you going to do it? Can I be honest? I don't trust people. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Hold that thought for one second. I'm coming back. <laughs> Dixie, are you going to do it? Shaw, are you going to do it? Yes. Sandra, are you going to do it? Yes. Dom, are you going to do it? Yeah, yeah. Bev, are you going to do it? I've done it. Amazing. So, if you haven't done it yet, when you do it, I want you to message me and tell me it's done. Sabrina, I love what you just said. Because here's what we do. This is what I'm saying. When you're a creator in your life, let me tell y'all, what we think when we're a spectator. We think that people can take things from us. We think that things are working out for everybody else but us. We think that if we share something, that it can be contaminated, it can be tampered with, people can put their wrong energy and bad energy and take your ideas and run with them, whatever it is. I believe it to be true. That's why I spoke about who you speak to. And I'll tell you why it makes a difference. When you find yourself around people that actually call you higher, let me tell you something. They understand the law called karma. It's a law. It happens. It's a universal law. So however I choose to be, whether good or bad, it comes back. So if I choose to be the person that, oh my God, someone landed an idea to me and that sounds dope, so I'm going to run with it. Guess what, guys? God never gave that to you. You're never going to be blessed from it. You're never going to be fruitful through it. It's never going to prosper. It may appear to look like it's prospering, but it won't because it's not yours. It wasn't given to you. It didn't land on your lap. So when you surround yourself with abundant thinkers, they know that as a fact. They're also so busy about what they've got to do Guess what? They actually will just hold you in account to being great. Why? Because they're choosing to be great. They're choosing to be great. So while they're focused on their lane, they're going to just be like, girl, you got that bag? Girl, you working towards it? Girl, you, you planting that seed? And this is the difference between being a spectator and a creator in your life. The creators are more often than not surrounded by the creators. The spectators, more often than not, are surrounded by the spectators. It doesn't mean that when we're going to make a move or when something has been planted in us or when something lands on our lap that we don't wanna jump out like Bev and Cece just did. 
It doesn't mean that we don't feel nervous. It doesn't mean that we don't feel scared. But it's a big fact that we feel the fear and we do it anyways. We embrace the fear and we develop courage. That's the difference. I wanna take this game a step further. Because if y'all thought I was done, we just started playing. I'm not only extending that same thing, which I just did with everybody on the stage, I extend it to everybody in the room. The difference is some of you who have sat down there and chose to be a spectator, because that was a choice, by the way, you could have chose to put your hand up at any time and became a creator. It was a game. But that's the same game we're playing every single day of our lives. We're playing the game of waking up and choosing to be the spectator in our life or we're, we're waking up and choosing to be the creator in our life. It's the game of life. And it's always a choice. And it's a choice that can shift and change at any moment in time. So I dare everybody in the room, everybody who hears this, everybody who's listening, to do the same thing. I dare you to send one of your wildest dreams to someone and say, yo, hold me accountable. Because let me tell you what it will do. Not only will it reveal to you who you've got around you, because let's face it, the reason why some of us have to be so strong, because no one can hold us. No one can hold us accountable. One, because some of us are full of so much ignorance, arrogance and bullshit that ain't no one got time for it. Two, the people around us ain't in a position to. They're in a pit lower than us, bro. And three, we don't trust nobody. So what happens when we lean into trust? When we actually start to see like, what happens if people actually start to hold me accountable? Yo, I can do a lot alone, right? But when I have those people who are saying, T, you said you was gonna do X, Y, or Z and you ain't done it, I'm like, oh shit. But the all oh, shit makes me go, they ain't gonna call my phone and say that damn shit again. So let me get it done. Whereas if they didn't hold me accountable, I wouldn't do it. And here's the big plug. For us, when we're choosing to be spectators in our own life, we're not even holding ourselves accountable. We are not even holding ourselves accountable to be great. So why the hell do we expect, here's the word again, or think that anyone or anything outside of us can hold us accountable? Huh? And here's the truth. The minute that you're willing to hold yourself in account is so much easier to hold other people in account. I don't give from an empty cup. I'm so full. So I give from my overflow. I give from my fullness. I'm filled with capacity sometimes. I just want to pour, 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 pour because my cup's overflowing. And when I'm empty, I just chill but I don't really let myself get to empty. I'm never gonna be at the petrol station running around to get this gas. It's a reflection of life for me. 
people go into panic mode and crazy buy and it's like what if you was good all the time what are you getting crazy for it's a lack mindset if you're a customer running around your tank on 10 pound every week why are you filling it up for 40 now bro you've been living in your lack <laughs> stay there or elevate completely and make it your routine that you're not going to allow yourself to go to empty. So you will, you keep your tank full. What type of person are you? And just because I feel like sometimes we think there's such a major difference in the shift from spectating to creating, from letting go and holding on to everything from trusting to control, we think that it's major. So we don't do it. We think it's milestones from where we are. So we don't take the steps. I want y'all to pay attention to this game and I want everybody to listen. I want every single person in this room to actually listen. I'm going to ask everybody who's on the stage, all of you, to unmute your mics. If your background noise is real loud, then just pay attention because then you only unmute when you're about to speak. But everybody else, if you're in a kind of semi-quiet room, I want everybody to unmute their mics. Are we ready? You're going to unmute your mics and then we're going to do a series of questions. And I don't want you to think. I just want you to say the first answer that comes to your head. Are we ready? Everybody unmute. Dom, Bev, are you playing or are you in a noisy background? Is my background noise loud? I don't know I'm driving. No. Okay, so it will go in order of it is on the screen. So it'll be Cece, Sabrina, Dixie, Shaw, Sandra, Dom, Bev. Are you ready? First question. Claudine, and this is actually to everybody. What chaos are you currently living in? <laughs> what kind of game is this? What chaos am I currently living in? Uh, living with my three-year-old child. Sabrina. Is it that was the same question? Yeah. Sometimes my mind... Because um, like, even though I'm doing a lot of positive things in life, I, I still get a lot of negative thoughts, which kind of try to sway me from doing the things that I want to do in life. So it can bring me to a really low point and then I have to drag myself back out of it again. So I would say I'm kind of going through a battle with my mind. Love it. Dixie? Uh, maintaining two households. Nice. Sure. Using my time effectively. Love it. Sandra? Mine's living and navigating with a teenage boy. Love it. Dom? Finding time to do everything. Bev? Bev, are you not playing? Okay, maybe Bev can't play right now. So I'm just going to take a moment before we move on to the next question. And for everybody on the stage, can you relate to what somebody else said? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. And would you say 
that anything that they said or anything they're currently experiencing is actually making them any less powerful. Would you say that anything that anybody said that they wouldn't, like you feel like they wouldn't be able to overcome it? So we had managing time, we had living with children, we had chaos in our mind, and what was the other thing? Managing two households or managing things at the same time. Standard stuff that we all face at some point in our lives or day to day. We're just gonna hold the thought. We're going to do the same thing. I'm going to start from the bottom this time. So Dom, you're going to go first. Sandra, Shah, Dixie, Sabrina, then Cece. Here's your second question. What reaction does your body have when it is stressed? Dom. Get cysts. You get cysts? Yeah. Love that. Sandra? Migraines. Shah? I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I don't feel. Love it. Dixie. Go and then I do that after. But. Love it, Dixie. Um, ooh, my body. Um, no? I'm tired, less migraine, so yeah, shut down. Sabrina? I got a friend who does that. Oh my god, it's so weird to see. It looks like they're constantly eating chewing gum. Really weird. <laughs> Cece? Um uh like my weight bounces up and down. So I'll put on weight drastically or I'll lose weight drastically. I get breakouts and I get tired. Life. Lovely. So again, can we all relate to somebody else's body when it feels stressed? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are we even all aware of how our body reacts when it's stressed? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. So y'all can mute now. Just based on those two questions, actually, I'm going to ask sorry, sorry, one. Sorry, sorry, I have to step out. Sorry, I just caught the last bit of the question. For me, when I'm stressed, I sometimes get um like knee pain, backache, that kind of thing. Love it. Thank you so much. We're going to do it one more time. And this time I'm going to come to you randomly. Do you believe in something greater that can handle all your problems? Do you believe that if you build a relationship with it, everything will be handled? Dixie? Yes. Sure. Yes, 100%. Bev? Yeah, definitely. Dom? Yeah. Sandra? Uh, yes. Yeah. Cece? Yes. Sabrina? Yes, I do. Amazing. Y'all can all mute. 
So I just randomly asked those three questions. So anybody that's been a spectator in this room this whole time, if you just listened to those questions and it made you realize anything at all, like anything, it could be big, it could be small, it can be minute. I would love you to come to the stage and let us know what you just realized. I'm gonna give you 10 seconds. And by the way, this is a plug for you not to be a spectator in this moment. This is for you to jump in the arena and become a creator in this conversation. Are you ready? You've got 10 seconds. One, hit that second button at the bottom of your screen. Two, three, four. Don't let it stir up in your belly and you just sit there. Five, don't do it to yourself. Don't walk out the room thinking I should have spoke. Six, we got a couple more seconds for you to hit that button. Seven. Oh, here we go. Don't let you be the one that's left in the audience because everybody's flying up. Eight. Two more. Nine. And oh, you got in there right at the end. Ten. Welcome to the stage, guys. I've invited you all up to speak. you go. Kirsty, tell me, what did you realise? Good evening. Welcome to the stage. Hi, good evening. Well, I know that you said when your belly's stirring, don't let your belly stir. I don't know if I'd come to a realisation yet, and I'm not going to act like I have done. But the minute you said about belly stirring, that's what my belly's been doing all day and all through this conversation, so here I am. Love that. Love it. Sit with it. That's cool. I love that. Anita, good evening. Welcome to the stage. How are you? Um, good evening. I'm a little bit husky, so but good conversations. I'm very well, thank you. Um, how are you? I'm great. Good. Um, I just realised that actually where we think we might have challenges and issues that we're actually not unique, and some of the things we make into mountains actually really aren't, um, and we're not on our own. So just listening to some of the things like um, the last point about what your body does, I realise that I'm, yeah, everything that someone said actually I could relate to and my body like shuts down and I get very tired um, and this week I've had a whole heap of sickness so Lord only knows what's going on with that but yeah I'm very relatable to a lot of the things that were said on the stage. Love, I love that and I just hope you've been asking yourself quality questions. I'm not going to say too much right now but I'm going to come back to that point because our bodies. <laughs> Our bodies. They're dope. They're so good. They're so dope. They're so good. Miss Nicole, welcome to the room. I haven't met you before. Have you been in the room before? No, it's my first time. Hi, guys. Hi. Thanks for having me. Hi. Welcome. How are you finding it so far? Great. I'm loving it. I've been loving hearing, hearing the game so far. I love it. So tell me, what did you hear that resonated with you or stirred something up inside of you? Um, everything in me. when we experience difficulty we see, we experience it in ourselves as shame but then when we hear other people voice it we experience it as vulnerability and power and i think that it's so interesting that we can have um, a unified experience but then see it in ourselves as shameful but then see it in other people as powerful that's bomb i love that i love that and that is the truth 
when we see other people speaking their truth and being vulnerable and walking through their ish and owning their ish, we're like, yes, we're clapping, we're screaming, we're rooting for them. We're like, you go, girl. But the minute we go through the same experience, we don't even give ourselves permission to be vulnerable. We don't even give ourselves permission to just be with it in an open way. We've already created a story about how bad it is, how bad it is, how bad we are, how horrible it is, how yucky it is. Before we're just like, whew, I'm gonna get through this like I got through everything else. I'm gonna learn through this like I learned through everything else. I'm gonna grow through this like I've grown through everything else. And this is why I'm a champion. I am an actual champion for encouraging people to have a relationship with their self-talk. Because the most important conversations that we ever have is the conversation that we're willing to have with ourselves. So now I've got, we're, we're, we're chopping up. I think we've actually got ooh, almost even amount of people on the stage as we have in the audience. If you're just joined the conversation, we are speaking about the difference between being a spectator in your own life and a creator in your own life. It's not, it's so funny that sometimes when you actually step out, so whether you decide to build the business or you decide to be the speaker or you decide to be the, the person who got, is doing the race, what the spectators see compared to the person who's on the stage, compared to the person who's in the race, compared to the person who's building the brand or the business, it's a completely different point of view. It is a completely different point of view. And the way that you've got to develop like a healthy, a healthy um, computer system within yourself that I don't even want to say needs to be strong. It just needs to be equipped. It just needs to be prepared. It just needs to be able to adapt and be flexible to run the course. That's also the difference between the spectators and the creators. Because too often, the spectators ain't changing their seat. They're sat in the seat the whole time you run up and down that court. They're sat in your seat the whole time you're focused on where that ball is going. They're sat behind the screen when you're on the stage thinking, well, the light is doing this and the sound is doing that and the mic is doing this and I've still got to deliver this message and my whole dress is busted open at the back. They're just sitting in their seat. And the crazy thing is, we barely give ourselves credit for that. We barely live on the credit of everything that we're putting in, but we're happy to live on the debts. We're happy to live on the debts of doubt, the debts of fear, the debts of I shoulda, woulda, coulda. But how often are you willing to holler at everything that's going right? How often, even if it feels like a million things went wrong and five things went right, how often do we lean into that? I don't know if you guys have seen this like meme that's going around on social media lately. And it was a teacher writing down like the nine times table on the board. And she purposely writ like one times nine equals 27, for instance. And every other sum that she wrote was correct. They were correct. So she wrote 10 sums, nine were correct, one was wrong. And what do y'all think the whole class done? 
What do you guys think the whole class done? Focused on the wrong one. Picked up the wrong one, yeah. Focused on the wrong one. Laughed like, ha ha ha, miss, how are you teaching us? And that's wrong. How are you writing that? And it's wrong. That's what we do to ourselves every day of our lives. That's what we do to ourselves when we walk in and out of situations. You could have had three amazing relationships and one bad one. And I guarantee every time we get an opportunity to speak, we're talking about the toxic one. And so the shift in maintaining your position of being a creator in your life is recognizing that maybe, just maybe, you need to have laser vision as opposed to torchlight vision. Does anybody know the difference when I say laser vision compared to torchlight vision? Anybody in the room? Lasers are precise. Torches, they're less precise. Let's just say they've got a wider uh, spectrum. I love that. Anyone else got a different view or opinion? No? Cool. Well, that's exactly how I feel it. When you look at a torchlight, or if we ever draw a torchlight, it kind of starts narrow, right? And then it goes wider at the end when you see the torchlight. But when you see a laser light, like shot on anything, it's just like a dot. It's just like target. It's just like boom. And... When we give ourselves permission to be that kind of creator in our life, like we give ourselves the permission to like focus on what it is that we want, focus on how it is we want to feel, focus on who we want to become. You see all of the other things that the torchlight will shine light upon. Guess what, babes? They don't matter. They don't matter because although light's been shone upon them, guess what? It's not the laser vision. It's not the target. And so regardless to what bad relationships happen, what wrong jobs happen, what mad light children happen, what crazy doubting family members you have, what parents, what friends, they're all a part of the journey. And guess what? They're all adding value to the journey. They're all teaching you resilience. They're teaching you strength. They're teaching you vulnerability. They're teaching you trust. They're teaching us all of these things that we're actually going to need. But because we're looking at it through torchlight vision, as in we're shining too much light upon it, we can't no longer see the target that we were aiming at in the beginning. And so every time you feel like you're off course, if that vision is strong enough, if that who you want to become is strong enough, if that what you want to create is strong enough, if that who you believe in is strong enough, bruh, you ain't never been placed no place that you can't grow. You ain't ever been placed no place that's not fruitful. You ain't ever been in no situation, circumstance, or anything that you can't press through but it doesn't mean that there's not gonna be chaos. 
it doesn't mean that it's all going to be light work. But it's just what posture are you willing to maintain through the process? And no, that doesn't mean that you've got to be strong all the time either. Are you willing to be vulnerable? Are you willing to break when you need to break? As much are you willing to stand when you need to stand? Are you willing to speak as much as you need to be silent? It's a dance. And I feel like the more that we come into that understanding with anything is the more that we're able to stay in our creative energy as a person, as a human being. And guess what? It's the feminine energy within us all. It's not just in women. It's not just in men. And too often than not, the reason why we're out of balance in life, period, in relationships, period, is because we're out of balance within. We don't know how or when as a woman or as a man, when we need to be creative within ourselves, as much as when we need to be masculine within ourselves. We've learned to live and cope in one side of ourselves more often than not. And more often than not, it's the out of source side of us. So sometimes it's the ego. Sometimes it's the, it's the women leaning more into their masculine energy. It's the men leaning more into their feminine energy or leaning more into their egos. It's out of balance. There's a season and a time when you've got to be creative as much as there's a season and a time when you've got to be focused. I'm very straight to the point, I'm very precise. And so just before we leave this room, just like we've had real life conversations, I'm gonna open the stage to everybody that's on the stage. And I want you to just share maybe a story in your life where your masculine energy has helped you thrive. I didn't say strive. I didn't say cope. I didn't say struggle. I said thrive. I want to know when the energy that wakes you get up and go, when the energy that's focused, when the energy that's linear has made you thrive. And then I also want to know when your creative energy has made you thrive. And I just want to know if within yourself, you're able to identify the difference. Because I personally believe if we can start to see them in their differences, then we know when we need to dance with one more than the other. And sometimes us standing holistically in a balanced version of ourselves, balancing our energies, being whole in who we are, the perfect people to complement that, the perfect people to add value to that, they're all around us. You know what's happening more often than not? We're attracting exactly what we are, not what we think we are. So where we're leaning more into this out of balance within ourselves, we're attracting it in another human being. We're attracting it in the jobs. We're attracting it in our money. Because it's starting within. What is within shall be without. So what happens inside of you is happening outside of you. 
That's the power our creator's given us. So before we leave this room, I just want to know if you know the difference of them within yourself and when you've been able to use them to thrive. Does anybody want to go first? Don't be shy now. Y'all have been brave and bold up until this point. Don't be shy now. I'll go first. Go ahead, girl. you say what energy did you use your masculine energy to do that or your feminine energy or both i think both nice i like it do we agree you see some flash of mics i love that and you see the same strength that you had then the same vulnerability that you had there and you marinated them both together Kirsty, you're in the same season again you're in the same season again. You're not gonna come out of certain seasons until you learn to marinate and balance the two. There's gotta be a get up and go as much as there's gotta be a level of vulnerability. And when you balance them, you'll move. You'll move. That's why you came to the stage, by the way. Who's next? Okay, Dixie. I've got that, I've got that song in my head. Who's next? <laughs> um, so my get up and go would have been when I had my surprise baby in the toilet. And to be fair, I don't think I really know. There was a moment where I was ready to just say, now I'm good. <laughs> you can give it to somebody else. And then I just had to talk to myself and say no this is you know they said to you you're never gonna have a child so why would you do that and I literally just had to pick myself up even though he was sick um they didn't know whether he was brain damaged all the machines all of that stuff I literally had to pick myself up regardless of how tired I was every day to go down to make sure I knew what was happening so I could see him so I could know what was going on, speak to the doctors, speak to the consultants. Not going to lie, would I have loved to have stayed in bed? Yes, and just tried to get my head around everything. But it was my get up and go that kept me going every day. What energy would you say that was? Uh, my, 
my, my get up and go my masculine masculine I can't say that much you know masculine boom can you tell me a time where you've used your create your feminine energy um I created the job role that I'm in now <laughs> basically it didn't exist I um I was kind of covering two different things and I kind of went to my manager and said I just why don't we just merge them together and you, this is the role that you should make, basically, for them to merge together. Um, so she did. The funny thing apart that was, I kind of made her make the job role, and then everybody thought I was leaving. <laughs> I created the job role that I'm currently in now. Love that. Boom. Yes, girl. See? So what we do, you can apply both. We're magic. That's who we are in our flipping veins, bro. Like, that's who we are. Bev, tell us. Oh, Nicole, you ready to go? Go, girl. Should I go? Yeah, go ahead. So I think that I've lived in my masculine energy for most of my life, just because of the way that I grew up. It was quite traumatic. I experienced abuse. I um, did a lot of things that, and I was in a lot of environments where I needed a hard exterior. I needed to get things done. I needed to survive. So because of that, I always had this independent mindset that I don't need anybody and I can get the resources that I need for myself because I couldn't rely on anybody else but me. So then I've moved into my career and I've established my job and I realised that that energy was really affecting my relationships because if you don't need anybody, how can you be in a relationship because somebody doesn't make sense? It's an oxymoron. Like you need to, in order to be in relationship, you have to receive somebody else. You can't be a fully independent person and be in relationship. You have to be interdependent. So then I started looking into feminine energy and what it is that that means and what that is that it looks like. And for me, it's learning to rest and to be in the flow of the moment, opposed to always trying to fix, always trying to figure out, always doing. I think that feminine energy is about being. And masculine is about doing. So for me, being doesn't come very naturally. So I'm just learning to rest into the flow of life. Does that make sense? And staying in my um, staying in my feminine, understanding that whatever happens, I can survive it and it will. So whether or not this relationship works out, I have enough strength to move through it so I can trust the process. And for me, my feminine definitely comes from God and like a higher source and tapping into that. Whereas my masculine probably comes a lot more um, easily. Oh, love that. And yes, in the room this morning, that was exactly what we were talking about in case anybody who missed it. Um, we were talking about our imagination and been able to tap in. It wasn't my room, it was Dixie's room and Tina's room, but I was up on the stage for a little while and I was exactly talking about that, the difference between being and doing. And I think we might have even been speaking about it yesterday because we often wake up and think, 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 do, 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 get, 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 get. And I love what you said in terms of 
the the positions that you were in the environments that you were in it was necessary to be that way again guys for a season but what happens when you have to adapt what happens when you need to switch it up and so often we don't give ourselves permission to and so we stay in that hard 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 exterior sometimes that is necessary but actually it don't let people in just as much as people can do the opposite people can stay in that invulnerable until they are over emotional until they love a pit until they're always down until they're always finding something wrong until they always want to be and I'm just like bruh when you gonna get up when you gonna do something about it when the hell are you gonna get up and change your own goddamn circumstances like seriously and it's about learning the difference and knowing what season serves you where because sometimes we're in a place that, yo, it ain't served us in no season and it ain't serving us now. But hey, we're still spectating. We're still spectating instead of getting up and doing something about it or getting up and creating something different. We're just there. And oh, yeah, leave me here because I'm going to figure it out. Wild. I love that. I appreciate that. Anyone else want to share theirs? Um, first, I want to say, proud mama, well done, Kirsty, for coming up on stage. And for me, um, being a single parent for the first time, I just assumed that I was in my feminine state. But then I realised when I had the second child, and it, there was seven years, 17 years between them, and it was a boy, my, my friends kept saying, you're doing the men's role, you're doing this role. You're bringing him up as a man and you're not a man. So how can you? So that's when I started to realise, you know, yes, we can be in the masculine side when we're bringing up children, especially if on your own. But now I'm actually going into my feminine side as... because I'm giving myself permission to be feminine, if that makes any sense. So I'm doing a lot more girly things. People who know me know that I'm not really into makeup. I'm not into all that clothes. I'm not into that hair. And I just assumed it was, you know, I'm good, I don't need it. It's actually because I didn't feel worthy of being a woman, if that makes sense to anyone, because I have to be tough. Perfect I have sense. To bring up, you know, so now I get it. I, I relinquish a bit more. I'm trying a bit more to be, you know, yeah, I'll put a bit of makeup on. Not all the time, but, you know, I deserve it. I can do it. You know, I am actually a woman. That's how I was born. And on top of love that. And again, on top of it being not just what we do and how we present ourselves, right? It's the thinking. It's actually the thinking. And many of us don't let ourselves be. We don't. You can't go with the flow if you're always trying to create the flow. Many of us fight with this level of control. Like it's like I've got to control everything that we don't know when to release and let go. We don't know when to surrender. And whenever I talk about manifestation, I'm like, that's the part people miss out. The secret taught many people, focus on what you want, think about it, think, think, think. And actually it didn't give you the plug that sometimes by thinking about things so much, by running after them so hard, you create havoc. You create chaos 
and you won't know what level of momentum to have for you because it's personal right you won't know that if you don't have a personal journey with yourself you won't know that if you don't sit with yourself miss bev i'm coming back to you what you saying girl <laughs> now you are. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? I'm saying a damn thing. Um, I find yeah. it really interesting that listening to everybody speak so far because I was sitting kind of thinking, mm, when have I really used my masculine energy to thrive and when have I used my feminine um, energy to thrive? And I know that. Generally, I'm quite creative, so putting on dance shows, working with young children, um, teaching, I use my feminine energy in that way to thrive all of the time. And I had to really think about my masculine energy. And interestingly enough, I would have shared from the space of um, after having my second child and the get up and go that had to kick in to make me be like, you can do this, you've got this. Like, And I just find it interesting that everybody's scenarios are very similar in that way. I love that. Shame, I'm on mute having a big conversation with you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and that's, and also sometimes I think that whereas women, and I would love to hear from some of the men in your room if you can use the shift of both your energies or where you use them, or if you know how to use them, because I find it interesting that as women, many women land in their masculine energy a lot of the time and thrive in their masculine energy and survive in their masculine energy and cope in their... Right. Not only when there's not a man around, but if you've been raised by a single mum and you've seen single mum do everything, you sometimes develop that as much as if you was abused or you experienced a certain level of trauma young, you snap into that out of protection. So without even knowing it consciously, we start shutting down, shutting down, shutting down the energy to just be, the energy to go with the flow, the energy that says, I'm going to imagine and create things outside of this because you become a victim to your circumstances. You become a victim to your trauma. I sometimes think it's easier for women to identify it because we're in rooms talking about it. We're in rooms saying this is what I went through, we're being vulnerable. And so the next woman is having permission to say, yo, sis, I went through that too. And the next one, I went through that. And sometimes the men are on the sidelines still. So even though another one man speaking could make five men speak, one man won't speak because they live in the masculine energy where it's like, yo, I won't be vulnerable. But the minute that one man is vulnerable, another man is vulnerable and so on and so on and so on. And so these are the links that we're building. But the negative side of what you were saying about, um, you know, sometimes you do what you saw. So me growing up, seeing my mum as a single mother, I mimicked her. She was a warrior. She's four foot nothing. And she was a warrior. Three boys, one girl, soldiering on every day. But then when I mimicked her behaviour, when I became a single parent, and I soldiered on, I walked places, I took these boys to this meet-up, that football practice, this, that, that, frying dumpling for dinner because we didn't have food, you know, the, the whole nine yards. But then when I looked deeper into it, it was like, well, I also saw a side in me where 
my mum never asked for help, but she was also hiding so much pain. She, you know, she was under this kind of like, I'm fine, I'm good. But actually, she wasn't good. She wasn't fine, and I wasn't good, and I was not fine. I was soldiering, I was surviving. Do you know what I mean? But I wasn't thriving. And that's the I thing. Was just literally doing just day by day without even thinking. I was mechanical. And the thing is, you don't know it at the time because that's all you know. So without the awareness, your situation doesn't shift. You know, sometimes as well, we hear people and they might be in a clear, in a clearly abusive relationship, whether it's verbal, emotional or physical. And everybody, all the spectators are like, bruh, what are you doing? But because they don't see that they deserve more because they don't even think they can get out, because they don't think that anybody's going to love them or, oh my God, I've already got three kids, I've done failed, what man am I going to have now or what woman am I going to... It's the same for single parent fathers, you know? But again, if we're not creating the space and the environment to have these conversations, we're not creating the space to heal. We're not creating the space to have the awareness. We're not creating the space to let them know like, yo, you don't have to be a spectator. You don't have to be a spectator. You can be the creator in your life at any time in any given circumstance. Firstly, because our creator has never left us, bro. And maybe we're so out of whack and alone in stuff because we've forgotten about the relationship with that. We forgot about the connection with that. We've forgotten how much it sustains us, how it fulfills us, how amazing it is, how we actually, believe it or not, live in an abundant universe, not a universe of lack. But we're so conditioned into certain things that we just watch, we just observe, we just cope, we just strive. Thriving's a different view. And so... I pray that everybody in this room has learned something from this conversation, has taken something away from this conversation. And more than anything, I actually pray that you guys dare to dream that whatever you've been through or wherever you are now, it's not your resting place. It's not the place you're gonna be in for the rest of your life. Even if it's great, there's greater to come, but you've got to believe it. You've got to believe it before you see it. You've got to act as if it's done. You've got to think like it's happening. You've got to talk like, yo, you are that thing. That's the permission that we kind of got to keep giving ourselves as creators of our own lives. And all day today, all day, this song has literally I don't know how many times I've heard it play today in one day. I've always loved this song, but I love this song differently. Because today, I started to hear this song like, what if we started to think like this for us? Not for another person, but just for us. So I'm gonna just play the song just as we're about to leave the room. But just before we leave the room, I just want to know if there's anybody in the room, even if you've been in the audience this whole time, if you're on the stage and you've had like a realization thought, or you just want to share something that's popped up to you, then please do it now. This is the time for anybody who's got anything to say, just share it.
because sometimes those things that are niggling at us or just popping up in our spirit it's not even for us it's for someone else I just wanted to say that um when the initial question was asked I was kind of like no that's me like you know you like I'm realizing how much quicker I am jumping to take opportunities um and then I heard myself backtrack and I'm still sitting on sent oh sorry about that sending that um message to that person because I know that I'm going to be held accountable I know that that person is going to say okay there's nothing stopping you do it um and it's just a reminder to anyone in the room that you have that power you can change your mind in a split second I love that you have the power to change your mind in a split second boom oh yes you do Anyone else in the room want to say anything? Yeah, I just wanted to say the old me would have happily sat in the audience. Um, so thank you for telling... Because honestly, Tanya, I don't know what you've done to me, yeah? But see if you told me to draw a line in the sand, turn the page and start a new chapter, something has happened. So I would just say thank you because the old me would have just sat in the... In the um, in the audience and just there so yeah I love that I love it and that's all it takes sometimes we just need one thing that reminds us like bro I ain't going back and back with this BS I'm living my best life I ain't going back and forth with this BS like real talk <laughs> Anita was you gonna say something yeah. Yeah, I just want to say thank you because I've sent my message to two people. One's quite scary, um, and probably the old me never would have done it. Um, but I know the new me needs to do it because I know the person will hold me accountable. So, yeah, it's been a enlightening room. I was a little bit when I saw I came in late, um, so when I saw the title, I wasn't quite sure what to expect. Um, but yeah, very thought provoking, good room. I love that. I wrote the title like that on purpose because, yeah, I wrote it on purpose. <laughs> so I'm glad that you didn't know what to expect. And if you know me, I always do things where you're just never going to know what to expect. Like I say to people, don't ever study me. You'll never pass, bro. You will never pass. If you think I'm going to go left, I'm going to go down. Not even right down, bro. Down. Get ready. Duck. There we go. Anyone else got anything to say? Anybody in the audience? Any men? Y'all want to come up and speak, bro? Um, go ahead, Sandra. Every time, sorry, every time I come to Clubhouse, I learn something new about myself each time. And I've been on Clubhouse twice today, and I've learned three things. So thank you. I love that. Listen, if you're going to take your time out to come into these rooms, and trust me, sometimes we could be here all day just talking. I just pray that everybody walks away with something, something that encourages them to do something great. And I'm going to play the song for us to leave. If no one's got anything else left to say, going once, going twice, going three times. Okay, cool. Um, we're going to get ready to check out, but it's been on my spirit to tell you guys this. And I know I've already challenged you all once, but I'm going to challenge you again again da -da -da -da. and I want everybody who hears this everybody who's listening everybody who's here right now when we come off of this call in less than five minutes I actually want you to write yourself a love letter 
write myself a love letter. I don't do that. Yeah, exactly. But I want you to do it today. I want you to, maybe you've got an issue with love. So write yourself a thank you letter. Maybe you've got an issue with yourself. So then write it to the universe, write it to God. But I want you to write a letter of gratitude or a letter of appreciation or a letter of love just for where you are right here, right now, for everything that you've survived, for everything that you've pressed through, for everything that you've pushed through, for everything you're about to step into, for everything you're about to be responsible for, for everything that you're going to manage. Do it. Do it. Even if you get out the notes in your phone and you go in there and you type to yourself, to the universe, to God right now, do it. And you could even start as we play the song. And many of you will know this song, but for the first time, I want you to listen to this song as a dedication to you, not to no one else, but I want you to hear this as a dedication to you. And I want to thank you all for being here, for listening, for participating, for just being your energy in the room. I appreciate you. And if there's anybody on the stage who has anything to plug, go ahead, plug yourselves or plug anything that you're doing. You can do it now. Nobody. Okay, cool. We will be back at Shake the Room tomorrow at 7.15 in the morning. <laughs> if, have you seen the room title? The room title is, I wish it would. So you don't want to miss it. We're going to be here at 7.15 and we're going to be pumping out energy. Bring your boxing gloves because tomorrow morning we are going to be in the arena of life. In the arena of life and we are going to be flinging up some punches. Until then, I know that the man them have got an event happening on the 23rd of October in Slough. They are inviting people to pick your own team and play ball. I believe the event is called Black on the Ball. I actually should ask the question, can women enter teams? Because I think if we could, then we should enter a football team. <laughs> Guys, if you know me, I'm dead ass scared of football. Like I, I love it. I can't play it for shit. Um, but if, if girls can enter, that would be dope too. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's just for boys. I don't know. Someone would have to tell me, Gary or dad, you'd have to let me know. But they have got an event called Black on the Ball and it's an event for Black History Month. Um, I'm not really aware of anything else popping off right now. But if you have anything going on that you want me to share and plug, please let me know. Until then, start writing your letter. Start it now. Start a letter of appreciation or love or gratitude to yourself, to the universe, to God. Do it now and listen to this song for you. Not for anybody else, not for what you thought it was, not for where you thought it was going to be directed, but for you. Have a great evening and thank y'all so much for being here. Let's go. Well, the song is not playing. Well, let's try again. I have a feeling. 
What happened? <laughs> seeing yourself different maybe than you've ever seen yourself before and you were giving yourself time to be flexible with yourself to be present to yourself and be obedient to you I literally received a message that says they're allowing themselves to be a spectator because 
the creative mode is tiring. And I love that. I love that. It's so important to know where you are in your season and trust it completely. Completely and utterly trust it. There's a season to move and there's a season to be still. There's a season to give and there's a season to receive. And sometimes they're happening all at the same time. And that's life. That's real life, according to my auntie. This is real life, she says, and it's the son of a bitch. <laughs> May God rest her soul. She actually understood life. <laughs> Honestly, we have ups, we have downs, and bro, we have in between. Sometimes we got circles and we're going around and around and around. But be kind to yourselves and stay in love with you. It's the most amazing person that you could love. And stay in love with your creator and stay close to them. Because they know the way. They know more about you than you know about yourself and trust their guidance and choose to be obedient. Listen, listening is so important. So be great, guys. And I love that some of you have sent me your stuff. Sabrina, I hope I hear from you, girl. And I hope that you just trust me with something, even if it's small, to hold you accountable to doing it. The rest of you guys, be great, be amazing. And I double dare you to go ahead and message someone, allow them to hold you and be accountable to your greatness. Even if you feel like you're in the pit right now, when you get up, you're going to get up. Be great, guys, and have a beautiful evening. Take care.